This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. We're about 40 minutes away from Grodna. Father's going um, I, I guess I'll start with uh, apropos uh, uh, anecdote. I was once with uh, uh, Elia Mishkovsky's minor brother. He was Rosh Hashiva Kvarsidim. And it was at a family, the Sheva Brachas. He was an uncle from one side, I was a cousin the other side. I was a young Bacha. And I asked him where he learned. So he looked at me and he's, he's a very sharp person, very witty, very, very schmack person. He said, I learned in many places, which means I didn't learn anywhere. You know, so we've been in Grotten, in Klesk, in Raden, um, in the Vardok. So I guess if in two days we covered uh, so many yeshivas, I guess we didn't learn anywhere. Um, Grotna was a, a an, an extremely important yeshiva. It was very, very distinct from other yeshivas. It, it was the only yeshiva started by Bachram, actually. And what happened was Bachram got stuck in Grodna after World War One. During World War One, it was hard to go back and forth. And Vimela, they decided to form a kibbutz, Bachram learning together. They, they got somebody to say share, they get person left, back and forth. Reb Chaim was very concerned about it. And he called on Reb Shimon Shkaf to go and head the yeshiva. Reb Shimon Shkaf was born in 1860. He learned the Molochen. He was one of Reb Chaim's special chabura. And Reb Chaim, he was one of Reb Chaim Briska's closest homidim. And he had been a Rosh Hashiva tells. He married Reb Lezer Gordon's niece. Um, he was a he, had, he was a rav in Brainsk and had a yeshiva and a mouch and he really wasn't interested in taking on a yeshiva because of the headaches, the fundraising, etc, etc. He was very reluctant. Chaim pressed on him and he made a tnai with him that he would not have the burden of fundraising. And Chaim promised him. At the end, it did fall on him anyway, but Al Kapanim, he went to Grodna and he um, headed the yeshiva for 20 years until his Ptira, basically, right at the outbreak of the war. Um, it was a short time, but Reb Shimishkop has had Talmidim and tells, Shimishkop was world renowned for his Amkas and learning. He had a unique derech of learning that was a branch of Reb Chaim Briska's Mahalach. It was considered by many to be the deepest type of lambdas. Some people took issue with his um, derech alimut. He was, um, some people felt it went past lambdas and it was abstract and, and far off from Pshat. Uh, on the other hand, they had many people felt that this is the most emistic and deepest version of Torah. It, it became sort of a description of the, the people who held by it, held, held that this is the Torah at its best. Other people felt it was too gone. He, there's a Chiddush in his Sefer over other Rosh Hashivas for him. 
he wrote a sefer called Shari Yosher, which is put together from things, and somebody actually edited it with him. But Shari Yosher was unique. It's not Shi'urim, the Fiseder Hamasechda, it's topics. And he, treat, and he treats things topically, um, Chazaka, and Purer, and Karayif, and, and, and Raiv, and all sorts of things like that. He treats it in sections, topics, which really was unique. And in some ways, it's not an easy go-to safety. You can't just, you're holding this sugya see if Rav says anything on it. On the other hand, it gives a heck if that's not really possible when you're standing in one place. So Shari Yosha became, again, it, it, for, for some people it became like a, a must learn, and some people felt it was sort of too esoteric and, and way beyond anything. He was Rashiva Twani, and his Talmidim included some of the Cheshavs that Talmidim that there were. And Rebbe Malin learned he was part of the Grave Chabura and others. He himself went to America in the end of the 20s to collect money for Grodna because the matzah was very difficult. He was there for a year and Yeshiva University asked him to say Shurim. And at that time, it was Yerushalayim. He started saying Shurim there. And my brother, Rishon Gustin's father, heard Shurim from him. He was in his ship. And he liked it. There were nice and there were Kablim. And the Yeshiva made him an offer that if he stays there and remains Rosh Yeshiva, they will support the Grodny Yeshiva and from here, from there, and he'll, and that's it, you know, he, the Yeshiva will be supported. He actually was knighted to pick, pick him up on it. He liked his Talmidim, he felt comfortable with them, and he also um, was, in, was enthralled by the idea that he wouldn't have to spend time raising money and so on. Reb Chaimais and other Gdailim pressed very hard on him, and they forced him to come back, basically. Um, he had a mashgiach in his yeshiva, one of Rebbe big Talmidim, his name was Shloyma Harkavi. He's not very well known, but he was an Adam Hashavat Moed, and had many, many um, Talmidim uh, who, who really stuck by him, the Levu Benefesh. He also, because of Parnassi, did not want to take money from the yeshiva, so a rabbinus opened up in a suburb, quote-unquote, of, of, of uh, Grodna. He became the rabbi of that suburb, and that's where he took his money from. An interesting uh, side note is when he was out of town, and possibly the year he was in America, I, I don't know the dates exactly, um, he would give over the Rabbanis to a Toranut of Tubachrim. So Tubachrim together would sit and pass in the Shailas that came up in the Shtetl. I know this because my Rebbe was Rebbe Lepsis and he had learned there in Grodna, and he had some stories about when he and his Chavrusa were the ones to pass in the Shailas. Um, obviously, they were royal Ohira. I mean, obviously, he gave over to people who could basket, and and he felt comfortable. But that was part of the yeshiva. They took over the basketing. The um, the yeshiva itself had um, Reb uh, Reb Shimon did not want to administer the yeshiva not for his money. His son-in-law, Reb Shagafival Hindus, was a um, was a very was a Kirtke fellow. He took over a lot of running yeshiva. Unfortunately, he was also Niftal Pnei Shver, 
and uh, it caused a tremendous. He was very, very tzibrachim from it, uh, for many, you know, for many reasons. Uh, a fascinating historical footnote: Reb Shlaiger Feivel Hindus had a daughter who became a communist or extremely left wing. She ended up in Eretz Yisrael. She became a Chava Knesset, Chavrat Knesset. People make a mistake, they say it's Shalom and Aloni. Her name was Alon, I believe. Oh, Ilan, Ilan. That was the name, Ilan. I forgot her first name. And she was a left-wing um, Chavrat Knesset. Her son, it's very famous, her son was captured. So this is Reb Shimon Shkop's great-grandson, was captured by the Syrians. He was tortured to death, and they didn't know if he gave away some very important secret information. When they when they got his body back from the Syrians and they were doing Tara, they found under his fingernail a piece of paper, and he had written in blood, "Law Pagadati, I did not betray." And this became this is one of the of the Israeli, you know, Hall of Fame heroics. A side note to that story is they lost that piece of paper and for years they couldn't find it. They finally found it a, a, a while back. They found the paper. Someone how it, and this is, one, this is one of the famous, um, you know, it, not a myth in the sense of being fake, but a myth in the sense of that. That was a, 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 an extraordinary side note of it. He also had um, some of his Talmudim were more modern. It, it was sort of a, a, a yeshiva where they, they you know, his mahalach of Shimon was very put together. It, it allowed for it. So Rav Unterman, who became the Rav Russian at Israel, was a Talmud of his. And there was Simcha Saf, who was a great researcher, an extraordinary Talmud Chacham, an extraordinary researcher on Tukhufa Zagoyinim, and so on. And eventually he sat on the, on, in the Supreme Court of Israel. He was a Talmud of his. He had Talmudim who were sort of, it became later on, went into, um, you know, academia, became public figures. It, it, it was, there were Talmud like that over there. Um, his, his own yeshiva obviously disintegrated the war. It was, he would die and the yeshiva was gone. The Talmudim attached themselves to other places, the mirror and whatever. Um, he, his granddaughter married Reb Zelig Epstein. From New York, um, his wife was a shkup, and he, and and he himself was a Tarvadas many years. He reestablished the yeshiva that he established was called Shari Yosher, and that was um, on, on, it, that was the name on, on the name of the sefer. That was the the, the reason why it's called Shari Yosher. Um, Al Kapanim. But that was the reason why he took the name. It was his grandfather, um, his wife's grandfather. Akaponim, um, we do have also Shiurim from Reb Shimon. They were put together. So I'll say to Adaf. They dovetail with the Shari Yosher, obviously. Um, they also, he wrote a Hakdama, um, a, a Hakdama to his Shari Yosher, which is quite famous. He speaks about giving mice of your time for teaching other people, that that's a Chiyuv. He, he's noted for that. 
And he also has a very interesting insight over there. Why does the Torah make Gid Hanasha a uh, why is it an Issa? What are we supposed to remember with Gid Hanasha? And he writes, it's very interesting, he says, the Gid Hanasha happened when Yaakov fought the Malach of Esau, and he won. But he was left, um, you know, limping on a foot. He says it teaches us that whenever you have any contact with bad or evil, even if you win, you're going to be affected by it. So a person shouldn't just say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with it and I'm against it. Now, Christians should be very wary and understand. That's what he writes. It's, uh, it's a Dudekogard from him. Um, and he, that's basically um, what, what the Shiva was. Again, looking in retrospect, he, I mean, he did go over his tire and tells. He did give it over in, in Malch. But his, his, his main place was those 20 years in in Shatira uh, in, uh, in in Grodna and that became a, another piece of what we call the world of Lambdas. Um, he worked very hard on developing the ideas of the Lambdas of the Svaris, um, and he had a whole system. And, and again, some people feel it's philosophical too much. Other people feel it's a, it's a tremendous shleimus. You, you don't get another Svar, but be it as it may, that's what he had. They say over from Reb, from the Chazanish, Ahagosha. I, I, you can't say it over as Kielu. He said it definitively, but it was a feeling. He was Nifta and Rafael was Nifta right before the war, right after, you know, in, in that school from when the war was starting. And, and he said, to such a game of terror, his chus would have helped. Kadesh had to take away the two most miyagim in order to bring the Chorba down. That was a Hagash and a Chazanish about these two people. Okay.